Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share struggles, we brainstorm solutions. And we would love to have you join us. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Chaotic Harmony. I have things to say, John. About what? About lots of things. things. I I have very strong opinions about most things, but I'm going Mm -hmm. to focus on one in particular. Okay. Okay. So after I will. So after I left conference, I got to fly to Toledo, Ohio. Um, The Ohio Music Educator Association, um, their district one elementary person reached out to me a few months ago and said that when she had um, run a poll of their teachers of the kind of professional development they really wanted it had to do with burnout resistance Mm -hmm. um and uh sel and so uh she reached out to me after some people shouted me out on the aosa discussion page thanks guys Mm. um and we have uh we we planned this session and it was beautiful Uh, it was a lovely group of educators and um they were they were vulnerable and honest Mm. and uh it was interesting going and teaching that workshop after conference because, like we said in the last episode, we just watched so many different teachers who were really, really excellent. Mm-hmm. And we were together with like hundreds of yeah. other music mm-hmm. teachers, right? Who, and, you know, everything went well. Yeah. Everything was complex mm-hmm. and we layered it. And it's just a level of complexity that I can't achieve in my classroom right now. And whenever I teach a workshop, I only present lessons that have worked for me in my classroom on my actual kids. And I have very real kids, you know. Yeah, definitely. I would teach in a public school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I see my kids once a week. And uh, and it was really good to hear the feedback um, from the participants that, you know, they found it helpful and usable. And we spent the first hour of the workshop not doing music class activities, but focusing on the teachers. Um, Because it's been hard to be a teacher (laughs) in the last three years. Mm -hmm. So we talked about trauma, we talked about burnout resistance, and we just talked about naming it. Um, And something that came up that has inspired me uh, was that I've... I had a lot of feedback from them about the specific challenges going on in their classrooms, and it's nothing new. It is exactly what we're going through. And yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if in our little island, you know, on the border, sure. is what everywhere is like, or if it's if it's you know different, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like we teach different kids. Right, right. Even our two schools, we teach very different. We do populations. The demo- yeah. Demographics are different. They're very different. Yeah. yeah, and our kids do have different needs, and uh-huh. you and I are very different teachers. Vastly. Um, and so our classrooms don't look the same, but mm-hmm. we do intersect on certain challenges. Definitely. And so we've talked about it. You know, kids. Um, so here's here's what I'm hearing: kids have a lack of attention span. They have a very low tolerance for any kind of frustration. If something's too hard, they give up. We talked about that. We you did know, talk about that. Engaging mm-hmm. the disengaged. Uh, low coping skills, mm-hmm. um, emotionally, socially, um, eloping. That's the fancy word for running out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting... And getting married with each other. Wait, what? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's And that, that behavior in particular is getting better. Yeah. But I still have a lot of kids who yeah. struggle to stay in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and just escalating you know, really fast. And it's different than it's ever been. So I feel like the kids are losing it more than usual. And in talking to these people from a really far away away than where I teach, (laughs) it's not just me. They also have exactly the same things. When I was naming off that list, they were just nodding their heads and then they were adding to it. And so... What did they add? I'm curious. Do you know? remember anything that was different that you didn't have? Just a slightly different perspective. Okay, Um, sure. Yeah, uh, the same things like like lots more foul language than they've they've ever heard (laughs) before. Um, The kids uh, losing interest um, and getting kind of that older kid attitude earlier you know like the too cool for school thing i noticed that in not younger so much, grades i not so much the, like the too cool but oh my goodness last year was the thirstiest group of sixth graders i've ever had oh yeah yeah there were they so were many vicious. relationships there were so many relationships ah like, that kind of thirsty yeah that kind of thirsty gotcha yeah so yeah that was that wasn't they're insane. aware of each other they're aware of their, yeah of a lot of things they're each other different sexualities just etc etc interesting yeah. faster than i than, than years prior I think that might feed into what I'm going to talk about Go today, too. Okay, so we're going to talk about bunker babies. Bunker babies. Bunker babies. I'm sorry. So, when you said that to me earlier, it's like, what? I know. It sounds kids, weird. Kids in the Y2K? <laughs> nope. 
Hang hang with me. <laughs> no, they're all out of college now. I know. <laughs> they're, <laughs> are, oh. they're old enough to be parents. We're the uh, olds. <laughs> we are the olds. All right. So we're going to talk about bunker babies, and I'll get to the, what that means. So this, mm-hmm. a lot of this information is coming from a... Um, professional development that i attended uh through our district um and it was really good information and it inspired me to kind of go down a rabbit hole of my own after i got home because it really resonated with me so um because they were coming at it for the average classroom teacher and here are strategies for the classroom teacher to deal with but how do you take these strategies when you are in charge of teaching an entire school it's a little different, but the challenges are the same. Sure. So that's the angle I'm going to be coming at it with me. Um, okay, so bunker babies are. Uh, this is this is a widely used term now. Fascinating. Um, okay. Yes, and a lot of people will use it to describe children born during 2020, 2021, during the pandemic, especially okay. during lockdown. But it is also being applied to any child who was at a critical developmental stage when the world shut down. That's what a bunker baby is. Those are two vastly different demographics. They are, though. they are, but they have a lot in common. Sure, but we don't have the data on those who are. They, it's starting to come. Okay. It is actually starting to come out. Okay. So, um, so we are seeing low frustration tolerance, and there are good reasons for it. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to go back. I took so many notes. Mm. All right. So here are some of the things that they were exposed to. Um, highly stressed parents working from home. Yeah. Um, less language exposure at school. Um, and I mean, obviously, like they're yeah. just, they're hearing language spoken from fewer people, yes. especially directly to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more time in front of a screen. Uh, less stimulating experiences. Less social interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, less practice waiting. Zero frustration tolerance. So these were kids who, they didn't go anywhere for a while. Yep. Parks were shut down. Beaches were yep. shut down. They didn't go to the store. Um, you know, they, they really, their world was home and there are a lot of kids that we teach that don't have safe outdoor spaces to play. They live in apartments. And sure. so I know yeah. a lot of kids who mm-hmm. didn't even go outside hardly at all Definitely. for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, screen time, the average amount of screen time for a United States child during the lockdown period in the last three years, eight hours a day or more, yeah. right? Which tracks over 80% of that time was spent on YouTube. Makes sense. Uh huh. And uh, when and so this is this was really interesting. This really snagged my attention. Um, so speaking about zero tolerance for frustration, when an ad pops up on YouTube, it's five seconds before you can before you can click away from the ad, right? And the data shows that most children will just click to the next video. They won't even wait that five seconds. So they are not used huh. to waiting. They're used to being constantly stimulated. That's fascinating. Isn't it? When I first started teaching, I was told that 11 minutes is the attention span of most children because that is the amount of time between commercial breaks on their favorite TV show. So we don't even have that anymore. Yeah, I mean, television's dying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know. This, I'm really dating myself, and well, I understand. I mean, as am I. Was I started buddy. teaching before YouTube was invented. <laughs> hmm. It's been a while. Wait, really? Yeah. YouTube didn't exist when I was in college. Yeah, but you weren't. T- were you teaching while you were in college? Well, immediately after. Yeah, when did you start teaching? Uh, two thousand eight. Yeah, YouTube was out there already. Barely. Yeah, but it was not widely when you used. Said, when you said it like, before, All right, it was fine. Like, it was not widely used. And sure, it's sure. certainly not what it is today. Yes, it wasn't. It was not the. We had e-bombs world. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dating myself now. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, anyway I thought that was, isn't that, that an interesting perspective, though? The, 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 the ad element is very fascinating. Yeah. That is fascinating. Yep. Hmm. 81% of the time on YouTube. Um, so in uh, Columbia University just ran a study, and they found uh, that we have three times the need for um, cognitive, social, and other skills post-pandemic to be built than we did before. So a lot of these kids missed their well-baby visits um, from the doctor. When you have a baby, um, you have to take them to the doctor every mm-hmm. month for a checkup. Um, and then you have a well-child visit every six months or a year. As your child gets older, they get their vaccinations. They need, And the pediatrician's just 
on the lookout for things. And so they'll give them an examination and then you fill out a questionnaire just to make sure that they're hitting their milestones. Uh-huh. Um, and that's how we get funneled into early interventions. But we were not attending, you know, those things for a couple of years. And yeah. so now we're going to start seeing in our classrooms, in our kindergarten classrooms, a whole bunch of kids who are a couple years late getting interventions for screenings for autisms and uh, learning disabilities and, and things like that. So it, it makes sense. Um, and uh, the kids are just used to constantly being on their screens now. Sure. So they, they melt down when expectations of any kind are, expo- are imposed because for so long, and I, I include myself in this, you know, as a person who had to work from home, mm-hmm. you know, with my kids at home, I did the best I could. But screen time definitely increased in our home. Sure. I did everything I could to keep it down. But um, it was difficult. <laughs> It was really, really hard. And when you need a quiet house in order to get work done and outside's not a safe place to be and you can't really watch your kids outside, that's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids learn through play and a lot of, and, and play is just too loud when you're right. trying to work from home. So a lot of the kids, um, okay. you know, they missed out on critical playtime. They missed out on traditional playtime. Sure. I've... I don't know. Um, as someone who grew up with, I'm, I hate trying to use the term. I grew up with the internet, but like I grew, yeah. up, I grew up in that era, like where yeah. and there was also similarly as well, not nearly to the same extent as uh, as bunker babies were. But like I right. was, in order for me and my brother to stay at home, mm-hmm. when we probably shouldn't at the age. Technically, sure. But well, latchkey kids, right? Is that what you're talking about? I don't no. Was, can you explain? Like that? where you came home from school and you were alone for a few hours, uh, even for weekends, like because oh, okay. of transportation and stuff. Like yeah. we were just at home. Yeah. And so, yeah, we made either we play in the play, like the on the grass outside, or we were on the computer for a long time, and mm-hmm. that was my window to the to the rest of the world at the time. We so, watched obscene amounts of TV. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, but still, you did have school, and you had yes, you know, right. You had exposure, so like the the issues are coming out of a generation of kids now who didn't have any of that uh, of those buffering experiences Mm -hmm. outside of the screen time and we knew that there were going to be consequences i remember people saying you know when we were going through it we are going to see this show up in our classrooms it's here now it is here and we are all dealing with it um and then the other thing that i thought was really important to talk about um so you know their kids are used to basically directing their own time and uh, and having full free range. Sure. And so when they come into an environment like school where the expectations are laid down, mm-hmm. they have very strong reactions against it. It's different. And uh, and and then the other thing is the toxic stress of the pandemic. So I thought this was really helpful to talk about. There are three levels of stress that psychologists identify. Okay. So you've got positive stress, tolerable stress, and toxic stress. So positive stress helps us build resilience and and cope with life, right? Yeah. That's the minor everyday stresses where you just have to you have to wait in a line right. and you have to learn to be patient. Like whenever I'm with my boys and we're out and about somewhere and we have to wait in a line, like pick up a medication at the pharmacy or whatever it is, um, I'll just tell them when they start getting antsy, we're going to exercise our patience muscles right now. That's that's positive stress, and you have. A buffering adult to help you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, tolerable stress, that's the big stuff that happens. So those are like deaths, accidents, emergencies that can be mediated um, with support. So you have your adults at home, and then we might bring in the bigger team to help get somebody through that. That's yeah. tolerable stress. It doesn't mean that the event itself is tolerable. It means that you're given the tools and the adults right. to get you through it. Now, toxic stress um, is ongoing levels of elevated adversity and neglect um, where you don't have those buffering adults. So you're ignored. um, People aren't paying attention to you. You're going through hard stuff. uh, And then our kids are basically being poisoned by the amount of cortisol or adrenaline in their bodies. Um, And and their amygdalas actually become enlarged over time. Um, and that's the that's the fight or flight little lizard part of your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then b- when you have an enlarged amygdala, you escalate faster, and you shut down, and you don't use your thinking brain, your prefrontal cortex. So that's what we're seeing now. Um, and uh, so pre pre pandemic, uh, we saw a lot of kids with tolerable stress. 
uh, I had a lot of kids with tolerable stress in yep. their lives, mm-hmm. and we had structures in place for them. It wasn't perfect, sure, but we were we were doing what we could. Post pandemic, we have very high levels of toxic stress, and uh, a lot of these kids even have lack of attachment to caregivers because they just didn't have the capacity at the time when it was really critical to bond. Mm-hmm. So, how do we deal with it as teachers? <laughs> And so that's what I have to give here. But sure. I just, isn't it, it, before I go on to any of that, I'm watching you process this in real time. I'm, I'm and pro- it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you're, you're, I have a lot of facial expressions at the moment. Because yeah, and p- part of them are very skeptical. I, it's not, skeptical is the wrong word. Okay. I, I, I think the issue is, these are valid concerns. I'm going to place sure. that caveat, not even caveat, I'm going to place that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a need for uh, for there to be support. And, um, so rather, should I say, as me- we mentioned in the last episode, the whole element of creating parameters mm-hmm. for someone to then find their way through life or find their way through a lesson, as we were mentioning in the last episode, but yeah. find their way through life is very needed. I'm processing all this because part of me is like, this is just... like. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts in the element of like, the symptoms are valid. The Mm -hmm. symptoms are a concern. Yeah. The cause, some of the causes though, I, I, I fear is like, yeah, but that's just the direction where we went. That's just the direction where technology has gone also. Mm. And Is it right or wrong? Is it is a is it? I feel like a lot of people throw at these technologies or at these like having too much screen time is bad. Yes, it is. It is. It is. That is established. That said, we survived using different means of play. We found new means of play. Yeah, you're right. We've, like, for example, games like Roblox, thing games like Minecraft, created means of communi- uh, cre- create communities for kids to then f- create their own rules and break their own rules and find uh, there was tensions in that space that was on the playground, but it was on the digital playground. Yeah. So yeah. I, it, the the problem is screen time is just too broad. I feel like. And okay. I, I, I get, I get, as someone who is very technology based, is it gets there concerning is... when, like, I think about when people, through their access towards video games, being the reason why people, why there, there was more gun shooting, which it wasn't. There was, so many cases proved it wrong. Right. So my initial reaction is, wait, hold up, okay, let's not toss the baby out with the bathwater. You're not doing this, but I know parents mm-hmm. are. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are, and so let's try to pinpoint. Okay, these are the symptoms. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Let's try to. Uh, in, so in my brain, uh, the whole m- m- momentum is like, okay, what's what's the where is the actual? Problem? No, I think that those are really good points. I think that there is a huge difference between sitting in front of a screen and having entertainment one hundred percent delivered to you, yes. and engaging with something and building it yes. yourself. I I do hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also worry about how stimulating being you know on video games all the time are. As my children are sitting in the corner on hour like three of being on video games, so I mean, <laughs> yes, I yeah, I I notice a difference in their behavior when they spend hours and hours, you know, even doing those active play things like that versus being outside with friends and building something in the dirt and playing at the park. It is a big difference. It is different, mm-hmm. and I, I think yeah, but the subcategories are important. And yeah. I, and no, I, I think so too. And I think that, that that's where I, I'm fully in agreement in that. With, th- with what the, uh, the point and of And also this, what kind of games are they playing? That's another yeah, element. Like, there's that too. Is it, uh, is it something that's just, are they playing co-op? <laughs> Which, or is it like something more like, okay, I'm creating with my friends. I mean, sure. so yeah, it, it's, uh, that's where my brain is going towards, like, when okay. you saw all those reactions, like, mm, what okay. are the subcategories? I understand. So, I think the main point is that um, we had only screen time available. Yes. And we had no person-to-person time available. And the adults were highly stressed. Yes. And the outside supports were not available. That's yep. what it was. Yep. Like, our, our entire and support infrastructure as parents mm-hmm. just collapsed right under our feet. And some parents, I, I don't mean this to be a, ca- a case of judgment. Yeah. Towards the parents, but some parents were had the means to do it better than others. Oh yeah, and so I think that's just where absolutely yeah. yeah. Some parents had more time and more money. Yeah, yeah, and more connections. All yeah. of those things made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's okay. yeah so so that's that's the point so that, that's just one, one that's idea. the point the toxic stress is not coming from the screens alone no. the toxic stress is coming from only screens plus all the other stuff yeah and i and also like kids pick up on the stress of their parents oh my gosh they do like, and I, things are not back to normal i felt so bad i was i was talking to a friend of mine um at church and mm-hmm. like i was just i was not having a good time i was talking to him about something that was happening in my life mm-hmm. he was holding his baby his baby was just started crying more and more i was like oh i should stop talking because i'm i'm realizing that it's me mm-hmm. <laughs> he, the, the baby's picking up on on this yeah and so it's so yeah, they pick up on. The, that's real. That's real. That's a sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system response. And they don't, and especially at, at his age, the the young yeah. baby just didn't know how to process it either. Because well, that's how your kids in your classroom right, react too. Exactly. Thanks for the segue. That goes right into what I'm going to talk about. I plan it perfectly. You know? I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, so kids are very, very feeling creatures, and they're very present. Yeah. Um, they they really don't think much about the day before or even the hour before they think about right now and they might reflect a little bit, but that's not very natural for a child. They are very in the moment. The younger they are, the more in the moment they are. Um, and you can't teach a child to behave better by making them feel worse. They have to feel good before their behavior follows, which is why we need to go with connection before correction. Mm. Um, and that, it's become a mantra of mine. I think it's really important. Um, and as a person who has feelings, I don't have perfect days all the time. Sure. And there are times where you just want them to feel bad. Gosh, start it for making your life so hard. And you should be ashamed. It's just not effective, though. If we want you know, real lasting change of behavior from them, we have to connect with them and acknowledge that they're human and help them understand that we're on their team and that we want them to be the best version of themselves when they get that and they they really feel that from you and they feel that love from you first then they'll go along with the correction a little better so then there has been a lot of pushback towards this approach of I, connection I, before correction um or just yeah yeah pretty much like, yeah totally um that we're not coming down hard enough on the kids yes yeah. mm-hmm. uh there have been some and that's ki- why kids these days are so soft and they oh can't gosh. follow rules and which blah 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 which has been literally since the beginning of time let's right be yeah it's true I, I, i'm it's not talking true. to you i'm talking to the camera now i was like come on uh, <laughs> but no i hear it all the time but there's come like, at me let's do it <laughs> there has been like there have been some cases where uh it, kids are having some issues mm-hmm. we have a behavior specialist and she's she's a phenomenal behavior specialist right um she pulls them aside and, and instead of them being on the playground they decompress at in her room mm-hmm. and i've had teachers that have been okay i get it but when they come back they just feel like they were just they were rewarded they yeah. were just yeah yeah and i understand what my our behavior specialist is trying to do yeah um, she has to connect with them right. to build that relationship of trust. Right. Otherwise, right. the child will not willingly go to her room and she can't be a help. Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the teacher who... This one teacher I'm thinking about specifically, she's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. She has just a lot of students that are difficult this year in, in her room specifically compared to the other cl- classes in her cohort for some reason. Right. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so she's just been trying to like, she, it was hard for her to accept, wait, why do they come back? She's saying, Oh, we just colored. Yeah. And, yeah. But yet when she was growing up, it was like very much, you should feel bad. Yeah. Well, and, that's how most of us were raised. Yeah. yeah. But when you know better, you do better. I, I get it. But and then, we yeah. have those same tensions at my school. I think those tensions exist everywhere. everywhere yeah. What I really want to focus on, though, is how do we deal with it in our classrooms when we're trying to process hundreds of kids through our room every day. So that's that's where my yeah. focus is yeah, going to sure, be. Sure, sure. I can't solve all school-wide problems. I can't solve yeah. school-wide problems, but I'm just going to share where my brain is right now it, yeah. on it. Okay, so this is what connection before correction means to me, and this was said in the PD, and I thought it was really helpful, so I'm actually going to write this down um, and have it posted somewhere. He's not giving me a, a hard time. He's having a hard time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and especially for all those reasons that I talked about, you know, with the pandemic and with the, the stress, kids... You know, more of them than ever are having a hard time, yeah. and they need help. Um, rarely is it rarely isn't a personal attack. Right, right. Almost never. You know, a couple of years ago, I got bit, 
and it broke the skin. And I had six months of bloodborne pathogens testing from this first grader who freaked out. And I didn't know much about how to de-escalate um, a child at the time. Yeah. I was thoroughly unprepared for how to react to that situation. And I wanted that kid to feel remorse. Are you kidding me? Because I had to walk around with a bandage on my hand and spend hours at the doctor and like work on, you know, but... But him coming to music class the next week and being happy to see me, if my response had been anything other than, I'm so glad you're here, there would have been no no right. room to build that relationship. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And I've still got him. He's a sixth grader now. Mm. Like, you know, se- Did he bite six you years later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, you know what? He's actually turned a corner. I'm really proud of him. That's great. Um, yeah, because we've been able to give him a lot of support. But, uh, like, these, these are this is a real thing like you have to connect if you want to see that behavior change and you've got to show that you're a safe grown-up and that's really really hard but you're not alone we're all dealing with this at the same time and the only the only control we have is our own behavior we can't control the kids i had i was talking with a parent uh at my kid's birthday party and i was just talking about how one of my second grade classes did not do what I wanted them to do um, at a performance and they um, and she made the comment oh that must have been so embarrassing for you I was like I stopped taking the kids behavior personally a long time ago (laughs) it's funny Uh, a student asked me a similar question uh, when we I mentioned this on an earlier podcast we did the the, the students were did a really bad job on a choir performance Mm mm-hmm it was due to a, a myriad of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't have an accompanist to sing a quick track, and it's just, it was just, it was really, it was our worst performance since I first started going there. It was really bad, mm-hmm. and so we had a talk, and it was less of me about me like how dare you. It was more like, right. hey, I didn't set you up for for success. I want apologize first, mm-hmm. well, and then we just talked. But beforehand, one of my students says, "Did you did you uh, did you feel did your pride get shattered after after that concert?" No. It didn't. It's not yeah, about me. It's not about me. That it's, was that was you. That was y'all. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I I feel like. And that's the only reaction you get to like. You didn't get to choose how they behaved on that stage. No, no. And all their behaviors was understandable. That, yeah, that, I think right. that's, they're kids. They're kids. That's really what it boils. And even yeah. even I think something that we need to think about even as adults even when we interact with other adults they're also just kids sometimes we're just kids sometimes we're all just humans yeah we're doing the best that we can right yeah so instead of trying to control the situation how do we try to maneuver the situation we can try to maneuver the situation yeah we can alter our perspective we can also alter certain things in our environment that we have control over in the environment but the kid's still gonna be the kid Mm -hmm. so what can we do instead of pushing the kid to join us how can we pull them to join us so how can we i think it's important to remember too you know how we feel when we go to spaces that are not very familiar and how we feel when we are nervous and full of adrenaline Mm -hmm. because our classrooms are not the classrooms they walk into every day they are a rather novel place to be especially if there's if if the teacher is part-time teacher yes less yes even less and the stage is not a natural habitat no. That is a that is a very uncomfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. And when a kid is flooded with adrenaline, they react to it in different ways. Sometimes they yes. get crazy because they don't have very good regulation skills. And also sometimes they get confident, which is also really cool to see. But that's a different. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a yeah. That's that's a different one. But, um, yeah. And that's nice to see, but that's not the ones it's that we're what, concerned about. <laughs> it was just fascinating to see when we had a, a concert at a different school site this yeah. year, and like they felt like this feels different. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just totally. Yeah, which I think, again, side comment, but I think that just showcases more why we need to have our kids in different environments perform. Yeah, yes, they we do because things will go perfectly in the music room, but once they're on the stage, they forget everything they've done in the music room. But the more they practice outside the music room, right? The, more, the better they get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. But back to bunker babies. Back to bunker babies. I just want to say we're all doing the best we can with what we have right now. And parents and administrators want things to be um, back to pre-pandemic. And they're not. And they're not going to be for a long time. I am thankful to have. I I think that's my biggest issue. That's what it came down to. Mm -hmm. 
not so much admin and thankfully my side, but parents want things to go back to the thing, way that things it. were. Yep. And that's why I had that aversion when you saw those fit, like, contortions in my face. <laughs> but yeah. the, we can't go back. We can't go back. There's and only moving forward. There's only, like, we can't go back. Like Things have changed. The world has yes. changed. Yeah. Kids are in front of screens more often. Yeah. And so what's our And pivot? a lot of those behavioral patterns are set and they're only in school for so many hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of us complaining at the young, at the youths, complaining <laughs> at what they're absorbing, saying that we were better people, which we weren't when they were uh, at their age. Yeah, we let's, weren't. Let's sit down. You just forgot. Like, well, let's compare. <laughs> really? Yeah. Let's process this. They're actually, in some regards, probably in better situations than we are. Yeah, I think so. In some regards. I think a lot of things have gotten better. I, I do too. I don't subscribe to that. Um, things were all rosy and perfect when I was when? raised. They when, weren't. When, when were they? They never were. No, they never were, but we are facing some very real challenges. We are. Yes. So that's that's my point. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this applies now and has always applied, sure. but don't hold grudges and don't take things personally. Definitely. And that's really hard. Um, but it's super important um, to to understand what your own triggers are too. That's why therapy is cool. Yeah, therapy is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's it's. I'm thankful I'm at a site where my admin gets it. Yeah, that's in. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's, I feel like a lot of teachers feel pressure not because of the kids are not producing, but because the eyes that are looking at them, being it parents or be it admin that yeah. look at them, are well. And the admin get it from the parents. They're under tremendous pressure. Or, but also, admin sometimes did or did not get it even before COVID. That's true. That's another element. Like, did they understand what we're doing? There's also been a lot of turnover in administration in the been. last couple of years, so we yeah. have a lot of brand new administrators. So, yeah. there's there's that piece of the puzzle too. I think it's very complex. <laughs> I think all parties need more grace. <laughs> I think so too, but that's yeah. hard when you're still processing your own trauma. Oh yeah. And therefore, the only behavior you can control is yours. Um. So don't take things personally. Respond. Yeah. Don't react. Take a beat. If you got to take a breath, do it. Yeah. Um, we might want, yeah, like I said, we might want the kids to feel bad um, to change their behavior. But we know from the research that when the children feel better, they act better more quickly. And it's not instant. When they can trust you, they will want to do better. Yeah. yeah and that doesn't mean that we ignore the bad behavior. No. And I think that that's... that's- that is the piece of the puzzle that we might be missing from before. It's like, th- so the the stuff that I do in my classroom takes a lot of time. Yeah. The way I deal with unwelcome behaviors takes a lot of time and investment and a lot of emotion on my part. But I'm either going to be doing it at the beginning, at the front end to head it off, or I'm going to be dealing with the... Um, I'm going to be dealing with the consequences of me not doing that later. It's like both are hard, you know, so choose your hard. Yep. So which, which hard are you going to choose? And I think we should probably be choosing the one that helps the kids be better humans and the one that makes us feel better. When you, know, when you lose your cool as a teacher and you, um, you have a not so great human moment, that doesn't feel good. Yep. That doesn't make you want to get up in the morning and go back to work. Um, but if you can, if you can, you know, be proud of how you handled yourself as a mentor, even yeah. if the kid doesn't look like it's sinking in, you just never know yeah. what's going on in their little brains. The soil is deep with this, the, the CD plant in there. Yeah. Takes some time. And as elementary teachers, we often do not see the result. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's yeah. probably one of the hardest parts. We don't get big kids coming back and saying thank you very often. They, uh, they don't remember as well. They don't, but something that can help with that is try to find ways to bring the older students back in there. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes, and that, that always is nice when people say thank you, but that's not why you but do not, it. But not for yourself, but also for the community. It's, well, it's, uh, that if they're trying to work towards as well. Like, yeah. Kind of build, yeah. 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 <laughs> so if we want to control the tone of our room and we want to have some control over our own behavior... Um, here's what you can do. You got to figure out how to keep yourself calm, whatever that looks like for me. That looks like having peppermint or lavender oil going because I need my room to smell good. And you don't uh, like the smell of like oily feet? No, or sixth graders? No. You don't like the smell <laughs> of body odor? I really don't. Mm, no, I need my room to smell Jason, good. I smell you today. <laughs> oh, gross. I need my room to smell good and I need it to be clean and organized. I need to know where stuff is um, and reach out for support. I have yeah. a whole support team. I, again, I love my therapist. Um, and then provide a space uh, for the children to de-escalate and maybe identify a space for yourself. Um, my art teacher and I have a nice little patio where we can go breathe if we need a minute. 
um, in between classes or on lunch break or during recess. Um, and I have a calm down desk with a few things on it for the kids, um, just little breathing cards and, um, some, there's like a squishy, one of those squishmallow things. Um, and, uh, and they can go put their head down if they need to. Um, and then the most important thing to prioritize in the moment when something is going down is your physical safety and the physical safety of the other children. And once you've got that and you know that the physical safety is there, then we can work on emotional support and on just making the room a safe place and you identifying yourself as a, a safe Mm grown-up. So yeah, kind of like that baby having that sympathetic nervous system response. Like sometimes the best thing you can do is put on calm music and start breathing yourself so that no matter how escalated the children are, you show that you are a predictable, calm, safe, consistent grown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, I thought this was a good little thing too from the PD. Clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And so are your rules posted? Are your expectations easy to understand and follow? Do you go over them? Remember, if you're like me, you only see your kids once a week. That's a lot of time to forget. And your rules might be different than the other general teachers. Uh, Mine absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah, So I go over my rules and my procedures and my listening cues first thing every single class. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take very long. No. Yeah. (laughs) If it is taking too long, maybe you might want to reconsider how you're presenting it. (laughs) And then have some sort of system to keep yourself accountable for saying nice things too. Um, and I, because you want to praise the heck out of the behavior that you want to see. Going back to what I said about Victor Lozada mm-hmm. last episode, like how students who did not, as by uh, emerging bilingual individuals, mm-hmm. when they don't, when they're still trying to process English mm-hmm. or the language that they're trying to process, praise helps them guide where yes. they're supposed to go. Yeah. So much. And smiles. Because otherwise, if you do the opposite, they're going to feel like trash. Yeah, it's we true. We felt like trash as as big kids trying to navigate that lesson where we didn't understand 80% of what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. It's hard. Praise is important. It is. Um, I have these little hearts that are, um, they're made out of rose quartz, and I, I like putting them in my pocket. I have five of them, mm-hmm. and I put them in my pocket, and I, I try to use them as a reminder for myself of I'm going to point out somebody doing something that I really like. Like, oh, Sophia, I love that you saw mm. that I forgot to give Andrew a scarf. Thank you so much for going and getting one for him. That was so kind of you, you know? Um, and we, we have our school-wide uh, PBIS stuff where uh, we, we identify the kids um, who have gone out of their way to do a good, kind, safer, responsible thing, and then we can turn their name in for a prize drawing to the principal. So I'll write them a little ticket for the the raffle, and and use those as well. That's also really helpful. But some sort of accountability system for yourself to to remember to do that. Because you got a lot of kids. Yeah, you got a lot of kids. You got a lot of kids, and that's just part of it. Yeah. But yeah, I choose my line leader at the end of class. I call them my class conductor. Because they're the person who's conducted themselves with the best decorum in my classroom and also music conductors because they're the leaders. It's because they're the cutest. And so. <laughs> no, I actually, yeah. um, to try to help me combat my own bias with it, I have Idokio. Uh, it's an iPad app. Is it Idokio um, or Idocio? I have no clue. I, I, Is it Idokio? It's a hard K. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Um, that's how they say it on the website. Is it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, in the videos. Early on, I said Idocio. I was like, then I'm hearing this new influx of people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what the tutorial video says. So that's what I'm going with, and I'm not saying that. But they have this (laughs) random feature where um, you can push a dice, and it'll it'll draw somebody for you, and then it'll go through the whole class by the Mm. end of the year. So I keep track of who's been class conductor and who still needs to go, and then I can roll to see who pops up. If and then I can you know do a quick mental check, like how has he been behaving? Going back to what you said earlier, though, like all this is only possible if you yourself are in a grounded mindset. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Never in the history of calming down has ever anyone ever calmed down by being told to calm down. <laughs> That's by Calvin and Hobbes. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If, and if you're feeling frustrated and angry, it's always better to wait a minute before you, before you deal with it and start disciplining um, so that you can be calm. Because they will co-regulate with you if you're calm. They will continue to escalate, you know. And again, always prioritizing physical safety. So if somebody's going to get hurt, then you got to do what you got to do. But mm-hmm. if you have the space and you just know that you're frustrated, 
take a breath. So, yeah. And then validate them, too. You know, like, you got to get down on the kid's eye level and let them talk it out a little bit. And then once it's out, say, that sounds really hard. I'm so sorry. That must feel awful. And tell them, like we said before, you know, if it's true, (laughs) you're not in trouble. I just want to help you. Get over here. I know, right? (laughs) Going back to the Calvin Hobbes phrase, like... There are times where that's needed, like mm, usually sure. not in an educational sense. Yeah, but like, not in our classrooms. If it's like, but the thing is though, the reason why someone will calm down if you say calm down is, is if they trust you first. If and that goes, and it's less about the language done. that you say, and that's that's a co-regulating thing. Like mm-hmm. you're calm, and yes. and it's it's always better to say something like that sounds really hard, and I'm here for you, and I'm yeah. so glad you told me. There are better ways. I'm, yeah, there are definitely always better ways to say it, calm down other than calm down. But yeah. it starts with the trust and rapport that you've built with right. the kid prior to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have to say. Yeah, that's, that's all it for now. I'm I'm chewing on some more thoughts uh, when it comes to this, but I found that really helpful. It's always good to have these reminders. I think a lot of this is stuff that we've talked about before and that we know to be true. It's just becoming more and more prevalent. It is an understanding that it's not just us where it's becoming more and it's not in your head. Like mm-hmm. it is more and more prevalent. Like we're dealing with this on a very large scale mm-hmm. and we will continue to deal with it on a large scale. And so how you just got to keep yourself sane in the middle of it. Because COVID's not over. And no, we're gonna it's be, not. And closures might be right now, but mm-hmm. like trauma is, the trauma started. And like the yeah. world, the, yeah, I feel like COVID was like kind of like the explosion of all the, like the, um, all the Tinder that was being built up prior to it. So yeah, yeah. It was just, sorry, it was either, it was the match that lit. It was lit. the match. Yep. I gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yeah. Yeah, but hang in there. Hang in there. You're doing good you, stuff. You're doing the good work. Yeah. Yep. Yep. A hard left turn. We're going to say a spiccato after the break. <laughs> yeah, spiccato after the break. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. Are we ready for Spiccato? Let's do it. Before Spiccato, though. I would like to thank everybody. This is episode 74. This is our 75th episode, though. What, what? This is our 75th episode. And if you no, listen, 74th. No, no, this is episode 74, but plus zero. Oh. That's our 75th episode. Gotcha. So to those who have been following us since... Bum, 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 bum. Boop. Thank you for following us for so long. It's been a pleasure serving you all. Um, and we've loved all the comments and uh, messages you've sent us over the time. We also have loved... I mentioned it the last episode but we ran to some chaotic harmony folk at aosa conference it was yes. great to run into you so thanks for talking to us seriously yeah that was fun mm-hmm. so thank you so much for making this into a really cool small little community that's being that's growing but you know how it grows more leave you gotta tell review. people you gotta tell people oh yeah but leave a review leave a review both yeah. you can do both yeah. you can do both so tell a friend and leave a review. Post it on your social. Indeed. Tag so us. be like B. Arbra, like last week, who left us a review. Make sure you write it out. But also, if you're just going to give numbers on Spotify or iTunes or whatever listening app, five. Five, baby. Unless they do ten for some reason, but five. Just I've n- literally never heard that. Yeah. Well, it's then, five. Then there's also like, anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, leave two reviews and then it could be ten. There we have it. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if you are, whether you are or not on YouTube, um, like and subscribe. It mm-hmm. helps us. Once again, makes this community grow more and more. And if we keep on seeing more people on YouTube, maybe we'll do some more stuff visually. I don't know. We ha- we have a big base that's just audio, but if you are actually a YouTube viewer, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. And if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. 
Oh, but before that, I forgot. This is new. It's relatively new. Also, if you want to help continue to keep these lights on, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CH Classroom. Um, Patreon keeps the lights on. It does. And we want to thank our first Patreon subscriber. Thank you, Jamie, for helping us out. Thank you so helps much. A ton. Yes. We will give a shout out to anyone who else helps us out. So, you mm-hmm. know, maybe we'll do something else. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll percolate on it. We'll have a party. We'll have a party. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Patreon.com, we have a lot of stuff, different kinds of perks if you get higher and higher, five or ten, you know. Um, but then Alice said Let's get to the spiccato. Oh, jingles. It's a jingle bell. It's a silver bell. It's a silver bell because it is December. Mm-hmm. And these came out of... Yeah. This will be released in December. That's right. My house is decorated for Christmas. And I don't care what you say. The turkey tastes better with the tree up. So my tree is up, even though it's not Thanksgiving yet. Okay. okay, yep. okay. All right. So what would you use jingle bells for in the classroom? Silver bells. Um, I could see. This reminds me of bear bells. Have you ever used bear bells before? No. Have you ever been to bear country before? No. Like, okay. Like hiking in like oh. Montana. Like, Do you use it to scare the bears away? Not to scare, to notify the bears that, hey, Got there's it. a presence. So that they Got aren't it. scared when they see you at first. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like this could be used in some sort of like... You take, a, I don't know which book, but you take a book, and mm-hmm. the bells could be great for when uh, when the bears walk in. I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> don't got know. it. Um, just, just, so it's part uh, of a timbre lesson. Exactly, gotcha. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my first thought. Um, so if you're not, if you're just an audio listener, uh, it's a silver bell. There's some stars and snowflakes also cut in it. And we have that sound. Mm-hmm. I thought it sounded pretty. It does sound nice. Mm-hmm. Um, also can be used as a makeshift uh, sleigh bell obviously. absolutely yeah. yeah what would you do well i love teaching the kids how to properly jingle a bell to a steady beat where you hold it in your fist oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. then you knock your fist together mm-hmm. so that you can get that clear steady beat and they really like that i have a couple clusters of bells that look like grapes they're made to look like grapes and they really enjoy playing those and so that's that's what immediately came to my mind for the for the bell um but it's also nice to give it to the leader of an activity and they can use the bell um i've had this be the sound of the magic and everybody pretends to hold a magic wand and they follow the magic in a Mm. movement activity so put on some sort of nice soft flowing music and and then let somebody be the magic maker it could also be an attention grabber as well for a, a, a specific kind of activity. So something I like to do with movement is have them close their eyes and do a movement to a certain thing I tell them to. But when they hear a cue, mm-hmm. they go back to their neutral standing position. Oh, yeah. That could be their cue. That is a good idea. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's like winter themed kind yeah. of activity. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What are your thoughts? Let us know. I have a tiny little bell song. I'll teach it. Shake those bells and shake them high. Shake those bells and shake them low. Shake those bells and shake them high. Shake those bells and here we go. Now a little faster. Here we go. Shake those bells and shake them high. Shake those bells and shake them low. Shake those bells and shake them high. Shake those bells and here we go. And we just keep getting faster and faster until it's ridiculous. And when I decide we're done, I'll say, and touch your nose. And they all mess up. It's great. And we just, we laugh. It's fun. That's great. That's the bell song. I, t- I got that when I was teaching baby classes. That was fun. That's not a round of the week, by the way. It's not a round of the week. It's a bonus. bonus. No, we have a different round of the week. Speaking of which. Round of the week. Here is our round of the week. It is called Cuddly Koalas. And I thought it would cuddly? be. Have you ever cuddled a koala? I have, they look so cuddly. They do. They do. And I had a stuffed koala as a child. If you've ever cuddled a koala, let us know. <laughs> Ooh, I want to know. I need I am curious, pics actually. or it didn't happen. That's true. Um, and this is to the tune of Frere Jaca. And I thought it would be an excellent vocal warm-up. It's a good articulation warm-up. Right. Shall we? <laughs> Cuddly koalas, cuddly koalas, possums too, possums too, wallabies and wombats, wallabies and wombats, kangaroos, kangaroos, cuddly koalas, cuddly koalas, possums too, wallabies and wombats, wallabies and wombats, wallabies and wombats, wallabies and wombats, kangaroos. Kangaroos. That was very cute. 
Cutes. I like it. I like it. Wallabies and wombats is hard to say. Wallabies and wombats. Well, also, when you see it for the first time, it's like, is it wallabies? Wallabies. Oh, <laughs> wallabies, yeah. <laughs> Wallaby. Cool. Awesome. Thank there you for go. that. And thank you for this talk, Crystal. If people want to reach talk. out, it was. People yeah. want to reach more with you regarding um, bunker babies. Sure. Where can they reach or out to you? Or anything else. Or anything else. You can find me anywhere under my real name. Uh, Instagram is Mrs.Pridmore. Um, you can find me at crystalpridmore.com. You can find me on Twitter at Finny Vapa if you want to see the occasional school tweet. What's your fake name then? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying. <laughs> and you can follow my uh, secret identity. Secret identity. Mm, it's time mm. for us to figure that out. You can um, also find me at Mr. Seligman, M R S E L I G M A N, on all the socials Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, now Hive. I'm trying this out, seeing how this works out. Maybe might leave Twitter because Twitter's a hot mess still. Literally thought that was a dating app when you first started. And, it. and to be quite frank, I thought that was a dating app as well. Yeah. It sounded like Bumble. You know, it makes you think that Bumble. Exactly. But no, Hives is a different, it's more of a cater towards gen z folk but right. it's become big since uh, the, the max exodus the hmm. mass exodus um also if you want to if, if we sh- if ch classroom should jump onto uh hive let us know if you were on hive let me know follow me okay i was i have only one follower so <laughs> as of the day of recording which i just cr- created like today like hours oh, ago that's so sad. It, it is what it is <laughs> uh, it's yeah um also you can find us as i mentioned earlier at ch classroom on all the socials twitter instagram tiktok um facebook you can find us on youtube at ch-class um and you can always email us chaoticarmicclassroom at gmail.com and if you want to support us patreon.com slash chclassroom people can't tell when you whisper yes they can oh well i mean let us know actually i can hear me myself rather well when i listen to myself in okay. early podcasts all right maybe but i'm yeah, just deaf maybe i know all right okay right. bye bye The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore and Jonathan Seligman. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com A tarantula enjoys a fine chewing gum. Snoopy was the... (laughs) What are you doing? Snoopy was stabbed by a spear. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay, what's next? The garden gnome has... (laughs) What are you looking at? (laughs) What are you showing him? What is this? (laughs) <laughs> We're moving on. Did, welcome, welcome to what Chaotic Harmony and vocal SFW. Warm-ups. Oh, vocal warm-ups? Get your pronunciation precise. <laughs> but there is definitely some NSFW Where did you stuff. get this list? This is the uh, the Ron Burgundy edition. Here. The human torch is denied a bank loan. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> oh, the internet would love to see those. Are we ready for spiccato?